year. I am Kahawia from K and K Podcast. Real talk with Kiva and Kahawia. We are a literary podcast that deconstructs information with the intention of uplifting the Black nation. Together, we also represent Afro Soulfly, a revolutionary brand that empowers members of the Afro community to express themselves fearlessly. Check us out at afrosofly.com. Yo, you want that raw, tough love where nobody gives a fuck about how you feel? <laughs> that nearest truth without error, because nobody is truly right in this world. You gotta listen to K and K Real Talk. Gonna give you all of the information you need to know about your dancing. Real talk. Check us out. Listen to us. But most importantly, do your own research. Real talk. Don't trust nothing we tell you or anybody else. Do your own research. Find your truth. Real talk. Walk that journey with us. We're here to serve you. Baraka Tha. Real talk. Hey, y'all. Yeah. It is so good to be back because I have been delayed <laughs> for two how many times I delayed this show? Three, four times? Lord. But we are here. We here. We are here, and we are so glad that you are here with us. K and K Real Talk. Please, please continue to listen in and do the work. Everything that we discuss, we're practicing, failing sometimes, mastering the other worlds. This is a work in progress, so we appreciate you just even willing to take the time to discuss things that are serious and that are meaningful and that has purpose in our true dreams and aspirations for what we have for self and for family, because we're here for the Black family, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, we can't be there for nobody else's family. (laughs) Not first. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be here for ourselves. So we trying, we're figuring it out, we're doing the work. And again, if you find error any error in what we share with you, good job. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we ain't the know-it-all and the be all. These are our suggestions, our ideas, our experiences that we're putting on the forefront just to be as honest as possible in our womanhood to excuse me in our womb menhood for us to be able to really get those moments that are teachable for ourselves and for each other so we love you without even knowing you and please enjoy us and love us in our journey honey heavy on the love us because it's hard out here. And love yourself, too. hmm Yes. 
So in doing so, let's discuss the babies, right? Because the babies are the imitation of adults, of the mama and the daddy. And we are discussing the book, The Developmental Psychology of the Black Child by Dr. Amos N. Wilson. Second edition, y'all. We are at the tail end of this book. So if you just joined us, (laughs) you may have to listen to previous episodes to understand what's going on here. Because there is a lot to uncover. Um, not as much as we've been discussing. <laughs> Sister Kahawi and I were just discussing offline. Like, maybe we should have finished reading the end of this chapter. <laughs> because the portion... It's a reiteration. Well, many of it seems to be a reiteration of the whole book. hmm Which is the perfect summary, right? Because this is the final chapter. So we probably could have ended the show. Maybe we just delayed the show um, because we have some surprises coming down and how we're going to continue K&K Real Talk. But we are at page 252. The socialization of the black child. Now, (laughs) in reading this, I must admit, a lot of it, it was hard to read. Normally, when I read Dr. Amos Wilson's work, I read it in a way where I got my dictionary on hand. I'm analyzing each sentence. I'm so numb and desensitized about our trauma. I don't even want to hear nothing bad about us, (laughs) not even from each other. So when I was reading all of the portions about how devastating and defeated we are, in this whole ghetto state of living and mentality, I damn sure skimmed mm. through a lot of the text. See, I had a, um, I can definitely see how it um it feels um defeating as you would um as you had put it, but I read it from the space of. Like, this text was written 30-something years ago, and it's still prevalent today. Mm-hmm. So, while, yes, it's a hard truth, um, it's a truth that needs to be faced, and that's why we're doing this work. So, it's like, you know, and it, you know, um, it takes you back to that lecture by um, Dr. John Henry Clark that you love to bring up, that you have no friends, right? You have no friends. So, it's almost like, so when you facing that same mirror to look at yourself, you also have to face the problems that are really out here. And that's what this work is about. Getting you know, comfortable and mm-hmm. facing the shit head on and seeing what we can do about it. So yeah, it was difficult, but it was definitely something I had to put myself through to read it, to understand it, to really get to a space of, yes, this is the reality, but how can I change this? If I can make some change in my generation right what what can I do so that when our children's children are reading this book they can read it from a space of yeah that was going on but that's not what's happening today well I guess in this part of the world in the Americas that we live in the extent of the poverty that he mentioned I think has drastically improved because now we're in a stage, and I think that's where my skimming came from. But you know that, what? Um, that depends on location and who you ask. That's true. So I, but I do notice that even in these 
the the poverty stricken homes and places, they still have access to things. You have, I mean, I was this man last week asked me for fifty cents with an iPhone in his hand. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that he is he has what he needs and he's not homeless, but it was just um and re- and you're right because this is not my life. That also so. speaks reality, right? That's yeah. mentality. But That's- I was just I I um because of the thirty year difference, I was more so looking forward to him also explaining other classes versus the low downtrodden class only. Because you know, many of us who feel we have it together are also at a huge disservice. So I was I think that's where the um the underwhelming component was for me, where it was like, you know how sometimes he break down the different levels, like even when Sister Sharazar, she broke down the different levels of womanhood from the low grade woman to the middle grade to the high grade. Mm-hmm. I was kind of looking for that component throughout this text in this within this topic and it didn't happen. He stayed in the downtrodden stage. So mm-hmm. that was that's where that came from. But no, you're right, a hundred percent in regard to um keeping the focus on the fact that this is the life of others, even if it's not the life of yourself. So yeah, um Dr. Amos Wilson, he talks about the socialization of the black child. And he emphasizes the ghetto child, <laughs> the one that is the most um, most disadvantaged. This um, young man and woman, their experiences are so diluted. Their trainings barely ever take place that there's no encouragement. There's no feeling or need to compete. These children feel entitled because they get without earning. And it's just a it's a recipe for disaster. hundred mm-hmm. percent. A child that is not disciplined will become reckless in his adult life. And Dr. Amos Wilson, he pretty much describes how our children turn into these incomplete and dysfunctional beings. How the community at large is creating the environment for the black child to suffer. Because there's no true self-actual, excuse me, there's no true self-actualization that's happening. So if you know, and I just was um, exposed to this in reading this chapter, because I did do a little bit of research, and I never paid attention to this pyramid. You know, there's always like a um, a triangle, some type of pyramid that explains different facets of life. Well, they have this pyramid called self-actualization pyramid, and it pretty much uncovers one's personal um, ability um, and overall status of of life. Mm-hmm. They call it the Maslow hierarchy, but you know, I can't stand giving credit to white folk because you know they done took it from somebody. Honey, <laughs> done took it, flipped it, and resold it. <laughs> who knows who it really came from, but you know, he, he discusses that, you know, the basic bottom, bottom need is this whole physiological need, you know, that you need the shelter, the food and the water. And then as you t- ter- tear up 
to the highest point of the pyramid, that part is like your creativity space, your purpose, your meaning, your inner potential, that whole locus of control. Mm-hmm. Well, these stages of growth, according to Dr. Amos Wilson, it never leaves the physiological needs. Mm-hmm. It stays there at the bottom. And then moments the, the where you're supposed to tear up and go to the top there's segments of each category still remaining on the bottom level because it's constantly at risk of not maintaining itself, which is so unfortunate because this restricted environment that the Black child suffers in all areas of life, and when we talk about all areas, we're talking about the areas that Neely Fuller has discussed, that we are and that's the, the next author that we're going to discuss um, who explains the victims of white supremacy being in status. And he explains that um, the areas of life that we encounter as victims, we have no control of, like, mm-hmm. at all. And just so you know what those nine areas are is economics, education, entertainment, labor, Law, politics, religion, sex, and war. So out of all of these major areas, there's not one area that the current victim of white supremacy, a.k.a. dark-skinned-hued individuals, melanated, Negro, Black, Africanoid, <laughs> non-white, we don't control any of those areas. I At all. So this- we like to think we're doing something, right? <laughs> like, what was that? I just seen an article came out um, the other day that 15 of all the millionaires are black. Mm. 15. We make up <laughs> how much of the population here? Mm. And only 15? And Many of us celebrate them 15, right? Like, ooh, ooh, Rihanna's a billionaire. Ooh, ooh, look, we, nigga, we made it. We ain't made. We, we ain't got shit. Yeah. Because you got digital currency. You got some numbers they put in your account that makes you, that allows you to buy things that are comfortable. Or do you actually control land and resource? You huh. can, you control the, the power to turn on the electricity or the water tanks to be able to sanitize and clean the water and bring it into the communities. So you control the transports, the airplanes and the sailboats. Right. And the ships. Do we do that? Right. No. Um, the video, um, I guess, where the news report was saying that, you know, we, we as a people, we have reached like top spending power yeah i saw that versus decreasing and why not spend community and so this is making enough money right and with mm-hmm. i can afford to do this i can afford that, but we're not we're not managing our funds to do anything that's important to do mm-hmm. the value to and that's to really increase our network mm-hmm. nope 100 percent right and this is why I get upset when we get so googly-eyed over people who 
are making so much money because us making the money has never been the issue. Even us coming up with the ideas and being the first at everything has never been the issue. Our biggest issue as a people, for some reason, we are so liberal in our thought and our behavior and just character of being that we don't know how to maintain and control what we produce. We always give it away. Yeah. We give it away as if there's no consequence of the giving away. But then, not only do we give it away, right? Because there's two parts of that. But we'll give it away to our quote-unquote oppressor and our quote-unquote enemy, but we'll gatekeep each other. Mm-hmm. Which is a whole other fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We sure do. That proper performance behavior, that playing by the rules and developing a social attitude, we have all of those concepts to integrate and merge in other cultures to be accepted but we don't have a proper code of conduct when it is to operate among each other because that gatekeeping concept that Sister Kahawi is talking about is so inconducive if that's a word or unconducive listen is it whatever the real word is fuck (laughs) our platform (laughs) fuck fuck it it's not right. On your spirit, that's the word, girl. Because it's just it's it it's mind-boggling to me how powerful we are, but how we're not able to control the power that is. So everybody manipulates us. I mean, we put ourselves in position, and I say we put ourselves in the position is because even when we are in the space to so-called free ourselves from the system that be. We don't even know how to operate in that world or function. Like we, it's still, there's such a dependency, excuse me. There's such a dependency on the system that is. Nelly Fuller said it best. He was like, it's so difficult to destroy white supremacy racism because everything that it provides is the very thing that we love we love the movies yeah we love the sports we love the entertainment we love going on trips on their planes Mm -hmm. we like driving their cars we like wearing their clothes wearing their hair wearing their nails the nail polish i mean we love everything that oppresses us how in the hell are we going to destroy something that we love yeah and it's things. It is, it's just things. It is materials. It is things. So we may need to reevaluate what things we actually need. Because like you said, the spending power. The, what power it is to buy from everyone else and have nothing to show for yourself. See, this is how the white man confuses us with the, and with the, so, the false entitlement of black magic and greatness what magical power i want to continue to produce that's going to allow everyone to take from me and i have nothing to show for it for myself honey and you know i'm not gonna hold you this may even sound a little bit morbid but i felt like folks shouldn't be paying a whole bunch of thousands of dollars for no damn casket that louis bag (laughs) some louis bags you wanted that louis suitcase or whoever suitcase 
get you chopped up and buried right in there and throws you dirt. <laughs> Use all these material things <laughs> that you prided in your whole life to build you a casket with your own shit. I'm in the space where I'm like, bury me in the ground. I don't even need a casket. Put me in the dirt. Put Let the animals eat off of me. Put me in the ground. Let me become a tree. Put a put a put a, a tree seed on top of me and let that tree use my body to nourish itself. And now I'm a, I'm a part of the world in that regard. You put me in a casket for, and who knows if we even make it to that casket? They probably take the body out. We don't know. Probably take it out. Of, uh, <laughs> pick up that dirt, take the body out, and put that casket back on the market. Exactly. We would never know because we ain't digging it up, honey. And I think it costs money to exhume the body. <laughs> so it costs money to put it in the ground and it's gonna it's gonna cost money to take it back out. I don't even think they actually put them bodies in the every place. Honey. Who knows? They done lied about so much, who knows what else they're lying about. Exactly. But yes, do, um Dr. Amos Wilson, he goes on to just explain what the ghetto black child goes through and what he experiences and the dysfunctions that happens in his world and within the society that he lives in because what we tend to feel is our life like you had corrected me earlier in the show like yeah you may not feel this part is necessary because it's not your life but we have our children in a space where they're suffering not just psychological but they're suffering far as what they see on a daily. You have children that wake up and see their homes boarded up. Mm. There's never any hot water. There's never anything of nutrition far as food for them to eat. Right. There's constant fighting and arguing among the family or outside. There's a chronic fear that continuously exists as to whether they're going to get hurt today or will they be able to survive the next day far as mom not beating them senseless or if somebody's going to break into their home. You have this severe geographical, which Dr. Amos Wilson says that the geophysical circumstance of a person is directly related to their, um, their economics. So if their economics is not intact, then their physical state is not intact. And ultimately, their psychological state will not be where it needs to be. Which and is Right, because where can you afford to live? Yeah, and think about where the money is going, mm -hmm. right? We talk about all of these Blacks making the spending power. Okay, so we have a lot of things, but our people who are at the lowest of the totem pole, we don't even have that money being circled back into the community to help them. Mm-hmm. So they, what we say, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Honey. We robbing each other to continue to get things. And then rob each other and say, oh, well, I made it. Why didn't you? That's, that's your problem. I did something with the opportunity given to me. You could have done something too. Yeah. That's what we do to each other. N not realizing that just because I was capable doesn't mean that that sister all across the street has the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I and we have this common thing. Well, she old enough to know. Age is a number. It has nothing to do with your experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm an attentive mom. 
when my children hurt and cry, I sit and talk to them. I figure it out with them. I'm sitting down doing the homework. They have class projects. We're doing the class projects together. My children are not alone. You compare that to a child who is told to do homework by themselves. When they cry, no one's no one is there to explain things to them, but they're just getting the shit beat out of them. Now you put both of these two different children with different experiences, but happen to be the same age in a classroom and expect them to do well on an exam or do a class presentation. Their response to the assignment is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And and they may, who knows, they may both be successful, but the psychological aspect of how information is processed between the two individuals are so different that we don't even pay attention to the difference and acknowledge it to the extent to say, well, that person may need help. (laughs) I shouldn't hold them to the standard of, well, I did it. You could have did it. You didn't have the same experiences as me Mm -hmm. to do it. So that kind portion, like Sister Kahawia mentioned, when we said love us, love, I don't understand how the system of white supremacy racism is so fantastic because it's really a brilliant system. How they managed to get the person that was beat down, teeth knocked out their mouth, brain spilled on the ground, and still have them stand up to be the monster. Mm-hmm. And the person that did all the beating is happened to be the good person. Um, like that's, that's essentially what white supremacy has done. Yeah. It turned the victim, the person that's been beat down for years on end, to show up as the monster of control, of power, money, and respect. And the one that did all the beating up, they're just a ghost. You can't even, we call them they. Call them they. That's (laughs) It's insane. It's insane. And this is why we're reading this book to try to get our, our minds back. Dr. Amos Wilson, again, like we were discussing the culture of poverty, like, you know, how this shows up to our children. And when these things happen, you know, the lack of resources, we should understand that it's not going to meet the demands of the values and aspirations and the behaviors because you can have little um, Terrell in the room saying he wants to be a doctor. But if he's waking up to sugar cookies every morning for breakfast and watching TV all day long, the frustration is going to build up because his aspirations and his desires to be a doctor are not realistically being met because he's not being trained. Hmm. He's not being encouraged. His experiences are diluted. His food, his intake, his nutritional factor is is, is off course. Hmm. And mom... obviously needs help dad obviously needs help something is messed up so dr amos wilson brilliantly is like you said is giving us that hard reality to say these are our people that we're not discussing or or making any plans for mm-hmm. he goes on to explain that you know what that geophysical lifestyle looks like you know, far as with the garbage-filled streets and the rundown buildings and the roaches and rats and the stale smell, you know, the, the basic typical ghetto, whether we, you know, are living in it or not. 
he just constantly explained that, you know, when people live in such deplorable states, this is where the alcohol, the drugs, the the teenage pregnancies, the, you know, the eventually the crime and just overall destructive lifestyle, these things happen because of economic the lack of economics. So the system is so wicked, they'll showcase us as, oh, they have great spending power. Mm-hmm. So I done I done robbed and used my last to buy all these things. I still ain't got a pot to piss in. I don't have no hot water. <laughs> Honey, don't have no food. <laughs> don't have no real good um, food. <laughs> but I done bought all these things. I got and, and you get you and we half of the it's so funny because I really this that's why I don't really like stats. I, the sister I was talking to, her name is Jasmine such a powerful powerful sister she was saying that you know um and she's powerful because she does a lot she takes a lot of time in reading about what's happening to us in the medical world and she said one of the things that she noticed is that everything is biased because most of the material is written from people that are not for us or by us so even with this spending power Right. How much of this money is welfare mm-hmm. or the stimulus aid? Because remember, they was giving us a whole bunch of money from stimulus. So is this really our money we making? Yeah. It's, it's our money they stole from us. And now they saying, oh, we going to act like we giving you something. But I'm just saying like that when they say a trillion dollars, say is it. Because I don't know exactly what the articles say, but if they saying we have a one trillion dollars spending power, but out of that trillion, how much money do they actually give us versus the money we actually earn? Mm. That part. Because I remember it was stimulus galore, the PPE loans. Mm-hmm. That's still that's we still won't know the outcome of that. <laughs> it ain't hit nobody yet. But huh, I can see that coming out in a few years. Yeah. All, you gave us this money. Right. And we ain't buying no land with it. We bought things. We bought things. If people c- came out with some good money that they could have bought some land and some property, some real estate, and in return, what they do? What they do. So this this... You know, this unfortunate attitude that is, you know, is not well ground, grounded, is not harmonious, is not, you know, culturally structured in a way that's going to erect a type of status quo within the mindset of the people to build and create. Because again, these ghetto, the people that are living in these ghetto restricted of opportunities and abilities um, and access to resources, they can't get to that high plateau of self-actualization, of creativity. They're constantly on the low level of just trying to survive and also protecting their ego. Because there are so many hustles out now where young Black folks are so-called teaching you how to access those homes, right? Now, yes, that is something you can do. But why are you starting with your own people? So you buy mm-hmm. 
So you pay their taxes back or whatever. You buy their house from up under them. What do you intend to do about that family? Wow. And granted, that's not your business, right? But that should be your business because what are you doing to that family? Yeah. If that's your hustle, that's what you want to do. Go on them get a white neighborhoods and do that shit. Yeah. Do that to them. Don't do it so long. Oh, because we're the monster. We've been trained to look at each other as monsters. We have to reclaim the confidence in ourselves and of each other. No more of the attitude of if I get caught up in in and I get in trouble and I have to go to court, I'm going to give me a good white Jewish attorney. Hmm. These are the things that we've been taught to tell ourselves. There was a point in time when we only relied on each other. We only used our own products. We only used our own services because we looked, we wanted to be protected and respected among each other because what we was able to do was count on each other. Well, white supremacy got so refined where they're like, look, we got to control these people without them thinking they can control. So um, now, you know what? Maybe he chose to focus so much on, you know, this ghetto mentality because you know, like, the psychosocial environment, right? Because even some of the people who quote-unquote made it, they come from this ghetto environment, and they still have that ghetto mentality. Mm -hmm. Because even, like, you know, we might say, okay, well, you know what? I'm gonna get that good black lawyer. And that good black lawyer think he want them good old white boys, and he turn his damn nose up at you, honey. Mm -hmm. He still got that fucked up mentality. Yeah. You know, he might look like he's in a better position because he may have some better things. But still, no, it's a process. It, it's very much a part of that ghetto environment. Mm hmm Ghetto environment and ghetto thoughts. Mm hmm And they'll and they'll act like they help them when they not. In our community, they built this huge YMCA across the street from the projects. Now everybody getting all googly eyed, like, oh, they finally did something for the for the children. The paint, the YMCA, the cost of the um, of using a facility is expensive, so you hardly see any attendance from those from across the street. And two, they decided to build an an Olympic sized pool four feet deep. Mm. Who gonna learn how to swim in four feet deep water? Honey. So you know, it's like they create these events, or they they they. It's, it's so much lack of investment when it comes to our people because we're not investing in each other. We Even our best and our brilliant children, what we do, we sell them off mm -hmm. to work for other organizations. We do not know how to reserve ourselves for ourselves, mm -hmm. our talents for ourselves. We don't know how to maintain that and keep the outsiders out. And keep those that are worthy in. That's a big, big problem that we have. And it shows up in our love life, in our life with our children, and just overall in how we interact with the nine areas like we discussed earlier. So it's it's something to continue to to think about. Cause I the more I say I'm not, the more I realize I am. Hi. And it's another thing, everybody keep calling um Kanye was crazy crazy start looking at the crazy the people that they don't want you to look at is the people you're supposed to pay attention to pay attention to i'll just put that out there 
the psychosocial Dr. Amos Wilson, he talks again just about the bewildering at attitudes and the rules of conduct and the human relations and the economic practices of the ghetto lifestyle people and how it's just, again, it restricts a person's ability to grow because some of us may not have had these experiences, but if you think think about the the child that is always on the ghetto street scene, that is their day in and out, playing cards, drinking, gambling, seeing women assaulted by men, men assaulted by women, hanging on the on the stoops of the sidewalk. The high school dropouts is a common thing, so no one goes to school. Everyone hangs out on the block or hang out in the hallway. Prostitutes, pimps, hustlers, mugglers, homosexuals, all of the people that's just out there, excuse us, and mugglers, muggers, <laughs> all of the people that just out to do, you know, have no real goal or plan, this is their life. So then when you put them in a school or in a library, they don't know how to respond because habitually, all of their experiences and socializations have been decaying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how can we look at our babies and say, well, you know, why are they this way or why just get right? They, they know better. I done told them. Okay. You can tell them all you want, but what are the experiences? How are you socializing them? Right. Nothing about that environment lets the people know, Hey, you are valued. Yes nothing and it's, and you're not going to get that until you pull somebody out of that mm -hmm. if a child if you want better for a child you have to pull them out and they have to trust you because some people children included if a child and a parent don't get it don't want to get it you have to let them be that's mm -hmm. where you understand the difference between being you know recognizing the true power that you have because we all get, we all have the ability to plant a seed, but none of us have the ability to make it grow. Right. We can water it all day and, and put it in the best conditions to grow. But if that seed decides not to grow, how much of a fool are you to stand there and scream at it and bark on it for not growing? Leave that seed alone and check on all other seeds that's ready to sprout. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these are the attitudes that, um, unfortunately, Dr. Amos Wilson is just showing, you know, the worst of the worst of our people and how they're suffering. And ultimately, he just explained that, you know, it ain't no cop out. Guess who's responsible for this shit? Um, <laughs> that's what I'm sure. Yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I think people forget because Dr. Amos Wilson, he's the one who always explained, like, you know, you think white supremacy racism is over, but you still speak to your you still speak the slave master's language. You ain't get free and, and reclaim the language you spoke prior to slavery. You still speak his language. You still got his job. You ain't you ain't go back and figure out what your family used to do. You working for him. You still wear his clothes. Mm. You still carry his name. You still buy all the things that you need from him. Mm. So in that regard, that whole locus of power of, of saying, I'm going to do what I need to do for me, it is not a commonality. So even as I speak to you, 
in this regard with so much conviction, I'm speaking to you to say that I too am this person. I may not be in the ghetto um, per se, but I do have a ghetto restricted mentality at the fact that I'm still not free from this white man. Mm. I still report to work for him. Well, all that I know and all that I'm trying and with all of my intentions, he's still got a hold on me. Yeah. And I'm and I'm a small percentage of folk that even just recognize that fact that I've been got. Honey, every day I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I am got like a mug out here. Yeah. I love that Dr. Amos Wilson, he put the responsibility on us. He said, because the ghetto attitude, the restricted attitude is to feel that you have to pray only riot only or hope that somebody will get the job done for you he said that is a slave mentality that we have to know remove the powerlessness and understand that we have the control to fix what is needed to be fixed among our people because who can tell or teach or or familiarize a family that needs help outside of the family themselves. The family have to take care of the family. Everybody's responsible for their own. Should we see it in nature? You don't see the pigeons collecting all of the food to serve it to the damn chipmunks, but that's what the fuck we do. That's that's what the fuck we do out here. Honey, because, so like, even going back to, <laughs> to our beginning, right? Um... To how we started the show. So the last line of the segment that we chose to read to this show, you know, it goes in to say, if he achieves them, his life will will often be in a caricature of the much vaunted white middle class life. He will then be a black bourgeoisie, all form and no content. So that. <laughs> of the ghetto. They're still products of the black ghetto. Mm-hmm. No matter how high you might think you're going. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. Up there. I'm telling you, and even when we think we, yo, this is one of my favorite, favorite cartoon artists of all time. Shout out to the brother Carlito Way 44 hiphopcartoons.net Love yeah. his work 100%. But shorty he posted on Instagram a sister, you may have seen it. He posted on Instagram a sister at Popeye's barking on the workers about her. She Apparently she bought a chicken sandwich but when she got home there was no chicken in the sandwich. Mm. So she went back barking on them. And I mean, you know how we do as black women. Our tongue is so lethal because we were taught to save the family with our ability to talk back, to bark back. We had to get that, keep that slave master at bay from selling our babies. I mean, we can go into that world. Michelle Alexander, the new Jim Crow, Mm -hmm. she discusses that. No, excuse me, Dr. Joy DeGroy, Mm -hmm. she discusses that in the post-traumatic slavery syndrome. Mm -hmm. The new Jim Crow, Michelle Alexander, that's another good read, but I mixed the two. But in any regard, this is the, 
<clears throat> is going off in such a way where when Carlito shared the video, the attitude of the consensus of our people who witnessed it and commented on his page was as such that she was dope because the sister tongue lingo was out of control. She was barking at everybody and putting people in a place for a chicken sandwich. Now I'm looking at this and I'm like, sister is not in cold. She's barking at the wrong targets. And she started off with the video saying, degrading somebody from Africa. Mm. So you you divide your numbers. You you at war right now. Chicken sandwich war, whatever. It's a stupid war, but you at war. Chicken sandwich war. And chicken sandwich war. And there is another fellow victim. Instead of you coining him, getting a coin by adding him to your team, you bark on him like he don't belong to you. Mm. Then yep. you bark on the workers as if that's going to solve anything because now you again are pro proving the theory they already had that you're dumb, that you're ignorant, that you that you can't, you know, have anything that you're, you know, this horrible black American. You do that. How and the the comments below, even underneath Carlito, was like, "Yo, I love I love her." Mm. We condone the the nonsense. My attitude is like, "Yo." That scene needs to be redone. How if she walked out of that store with fifty chicken sandwiches <laughs> that she didn't pay for? That's dope, right? After they after they took from her, not her just on a bark fest and look and, and it looked good, like he said, all what he said, all form and no content, all form, no content. So she had the form. But her content was, I mean, maybe she walked out of there with a chicken sandwich. But I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure she walked out of there with a chicken sandwich with, that done been smeared between somebody's ass. <laughs> what? And then the chicken sandwich, the no content. What the fuck you want a chicken sandwich for? I mean, it's not even. I mean, every time I eat out, if I eat at any restaurant that's fast food, my spirit is enjoying it for the moment. But I'm, I'm already preparing to detox my body because I know I'm acting as a slave and I'm not in my right mind. But I'm an emotional eater, so I'm eating it. Honey, I go through those worlds of guilt, shame. <laughs> I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm no. going to move on. You know, I stop shaming my Say I, that again, sis. I stopped shaming myself. <laughs> Listen, pyramids were not built in a day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Even us, right? As humans, we were not made in, and created in one day. No, we were not. It was stages to this. The whole gestation period before we even get to be something. Yeah, and that gestation period is quite ugly. You would look like a little alien. Not even an alien. Huh? There ain't no shape, no form. No form. No content. Outside of just potential of a being. So, you know, no matter what stage we at, that means we can still move forward. I love that. I'm glad you said remove the shame. You're right. That shame has to be removed. But look, it's just what I want to just reiterate for our listeners so they can understand the point of even bringing this up. It's not to shame at all 
Carlito Way, hiphopcartoons.net. It's just a reminder that this brother, he showcases a logical brother, which is nearly Fuller Jr.'s work all day long. That's majority of his work is advertising his brother. And the very code of conduct that he would disagree with is something that he stated he loved. Wait, he said he loved it too? But yes! Posting shit, you know, just to stir up the pot. And it could be, he could have said, I loved it just to stir up the pot. But still, we don't oh, got time for like, confusion. So he does, you know, um, he will post, he will post shit, you know, to stir up the pot and just let people go haywire in the comments. Um, oh, wow, I, I didn't see that. But you know what? That also goes to show, right? We're human. <laughs> we are human. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's nothing <laughs> wrong with him exposing himself like that. It's just a reminder to me and how lax we are with how we need to move forward as a people. Mm-hmm. Because we, you know, we're not in code. And we're going to get into code, y'all. In case you didn't know, now you know that is the next step of um of Kiva and Kahawia is this getting into code, understanding what code of conduct really is for us. Because if we've been out of order for so long, since we've been out of orders, according to most scholars, since the whole integration period. But prior to integration, we were, some of us were fighting for our freedom and some of us felt like we were deserving of mistreatment. And now it seems like we move from the state of the you have the revolutionaries to the fighters to now everybody is just nuked into neutral state of mind. You have, it's like the numbers are getting smaller and smaller with those that really want to discuss those the things that are important. So how do we mutate this? How do we mutate these conversations? Well, change the way we be living. I, make it more desirable. You got to change up on your circle. You got to get some some like minds around you. Yeah. It's difficult to have these conversations with minds that are closed off to it. Yeah. With minds that's out here. Like, nah, fuck all that. I don't want to have that conversation. Or with minds, you know, that close their ears to the shit. Because they like, what? I don't even... Mm-hmm. What she talking about? Oh, she crazy. Mm-hmm. And when they get into that space, yup. That's fine and move on. No more convincing folk. We ain't got time for that. There's enough babies that want to learn. And I learned that from the school system. Spending so much time with Johnny who don't want to learn. You got a whole classroom of children waiting to learn. But the few apples in a bunch that's causing the mischief, they get all the attention. Honey. Oh. Guys- mm-hmm. And it's not like they're getting, you know, positive attention. But it's Mm-mm. still taken away from the other student. Mm-hmm. So if you ain't to see that sprouting, I ain't got time to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show you better than I can tell you. Johnny badass don't want to learn. <laughs> There's a room for Johnny ass to take. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Put Johnny ass on there. Yeah. Bring, you know, bring his parent up to the school too. Y'all mm-hmm. can together. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, that's changing the way. But yes, that's all we pretty much have for y'all today, brothers and sisters. We are at the tail end of this book. 
We're at page 262 to the end. This is it. Next time we come back on, this is the this is over. This book is gonna be over. So just so you know, so you can get ahead of the game, Sister Kahawi and I were talking, and we decided that we are going to deconstruct movies. Um and for those of y'all that be like, uh-uh, see, they said they was a literary podcast. <laughs> Damn. It's literature first. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. And to shine light on the brother that we're discovering his work. Well, we already discovered his work, but we're deconstructing his work and his terminology is Mr. Neely Fuller. Um, Neely Fuller, he is... This brother has to be in his late 80s, early 90s, if not already 90s. Um, He developed the counter-racist code, and he has two books. One book is like a dictionary just explaining the words that's in his main book. And we're going to bounce back between reading and discovering what it is to be in code, because obviously we haven't been practicing it as a people on the norm. So Sister Kahawi and myself, we decided to take on the challenge to create a code of conduct for ourselves and share a share our process with you guys to, excuse me, with you brothers and sisters so that you can develop your own code of conduct hope and with the intent that eventually we'll have some type of universal style of approach and how we handle each other that's going to ultimately um, dismantle the system because it was put together with words. We could dismantle it with words and actions. Honey, and then in the whole process, make up our own words. Yes. Needs to be going. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. So if you want to learn more about Neely Fuller, he has a radio show every Tuesday at 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., I've listening is a dope show. You actually call in. I think they record on Blog Talk Radio, um, but it's called Produce Justice: The Counter Racist Code. Their phone number is five one six four five three nine nine two one. You can call directly on a Tuesday from nine a.m. to eleven a.m. Again, five one six four five three nine nine two one. 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Produce Justice, The Counter-Racist Code. It's a dope, dope radio show. And uh, we, uh, we're we excited about contributing the work um, as we've been doing. We discussed, like Sister Kawi was telling me, we discussed the sister in totality. Then we went to the... The brother. We went, you know, so we did the black woman, the black man, the black child. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to diversify up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and go over the black experience. Mm. Woo! Speak that word, Kiva. Look at yes. that. Yes. What bees our experience? What bees our experience? <laughs> How we be living in these streets, okay? Listen. Because <laughs> they tell oh, you one I- way. I'm going to tell you the way that it's been happening for me. Ooh, I would love to hear how you be living in these streets too, okay? Honey. 
So I'm excited. This is going to be very interesting. Um, but we we so appreciate you for staying tuned and again doing the work and listening in. So continue to do so. Yeah, continue to get your minds right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have anything else, says I'm done. Uh, I- Look, in the words of Kiva, later, y'all. Later. <laughs> yeah. See, you know the vibes, yeah. Look at my eyes, yeah. I love it, they hate me, they try to negate me, but low at his prime, yeah. You cannot deny, nah. There's not many like them, nah See, I get the bag and I double the double like four at a time, yeah Never talk about it, be about it Triple up on all the privates, nigga Reinvest into a black business Ain't got time to second drive with ya Innovation at its finest, though But they will never get the vine picture Tryna surf the wave and never grind with ya Never grip the grain so they can ride with you. Let me surf my surf Ballin' ballin' for that triple-double Noble, 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 noble Shorty, batter, body, batty, cracker Tear the blocker with that blicky blocker Show them how to flip a stack on it Roll it, roll it, roll it, racks on it They spend that money on foolery What you do? I doubled up on the up on the bag I just, just came up on the five I just, just came up on the Five, five, I just came up on the five, five, I just came up on the five. My whole wall, God holds the key and the prayers he's collected Cause once upon a time I wasn't calm and collective Evil spewed, I couldn't find a reference Almost made a razor blade, the total severance Anxiety turned poems into skeletons A creative in a nine to five settling Two loves for the effort, it was short lived Shorty once called me a lame cause I wasn't jig Really wasn't on her checklist Well I refused to entertain a ratchet's code of ethics This ain't chatting, more like on the ball clapping More like move out the way cause Tommy rapping Nowadays I'm stretched beyond my means My cheek gets abused and I'm romanticizing scenes Uh, call it what you want cause Forgive my slang, old habits will never rust Cats putting talkings on they backs for lack of Common sense on baby just to build the buzz I'm tired of the Hollywood behavior you get a few thousand likes and they think you're a savior uh, Then they think you're a savior Yeah, blue collar
I want to be able to grab my demons by the horns and punt them so far that God and I can play tennis for infinite rounds. Feel me? Thoughts rage as I try to grasp the moment that I'm trapped in. Thinking of a way out has me optimistic again. My crawl turned into a light jog. Finally out of sight from the one who thought I saw fright. Hop the fence, bruised hands, now a reminder of freedom. Freedom that one wish they had. We can't stay in that headspace for long. So rise with me and feel a new beginning enter your soul. Feel a new beginning enter your soul. You are reborn, young one. Blue collar. Like them cages, but there ain't no 
is watching. So it's round and round. You go, you go, you go. Just turn it up.